days have drawn near for me to die. I shall no more be allowed to go out and come in. As Jehovah has said to me, you will not cross this Jordan. Joshua is the one whom Jehovah has commissioned, and Jehovah, your God, is the one crossing before you. And it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of Jehovah, that Jehovah proceeded to say to Joshua, the son of Nun, the minister of Moses, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now get up. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Just as I proved to be with Moses, I shall prove to be with you. Be courageous and strong, for you are the one who will cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give to them. And Joshua proceeded to command the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. Get provisions ready for yourselves, because three days from now you're crossing this Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that Jehovah your God is giving you to take possession of it. All that you have commanded us, we shall do. Wherever you may send us, we shall As go. As we listen to Moses and everything, so shall we listen to you. Only may Jehovah your God prove to be with you, just as he proved to be with And Moses. any man that behaves rebelliously against your order and does not listen to your words and all that you may command us will be put to death. Only be courageous and strong. Then Joshua the son of Nun sent two men out secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, take a look at the land and Jericho. So they went out and came to the house of a prostitute woman whose name was Rahab. to my humble home, and may you find peace here. We've come here seeking lodging. We are travelers from a distant place, and we have business in Jericho and must stay overnight. We were told in the city we could find lodging here. Please, come in and sit down. I'll bring wine that you may refresh yourselves. We'll accept the wine in order that we might not arouse suspicion. But we need only pretend that we're drinking of it. It's best. We're on a holy mission, also in the land of the enemy. We must keep alert. Perhaps we can draw this woman out and learn more about the attitude of the people of the city. Here is bread and wine. It will refresh you. Have you, uh, come a long way today? We've been in Jericho since about the noon hour, but our business will keep us until tomorrow. Are you sure there is no 
other way in which I may serve you tonight? No, thank you. We'll eat and retire early so that we can be up before the dawn. As you say, my lord. Did you come in by way of the Jordan Fords this morning? Why do you ask? I, I thought perhaps you may have seen the camp of the Israelites. We're interested in any news we may receive of them. We've heard much of the Israelites in the marketplace today. What do you think they intend to do? It's said they intend to occupy the land of Canaan. But you need have no fear. Are not the men of Canaan very strong? And are they not well prepared for the war? The men of Canaan are strong. And our men of Jericho have never been among the least. But it's been reported to us that the God of the sons of Israel is a powerful God. Have you not heard that he delivered both Sihon, the king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, into their hands? And now, here they are camped in Shittim, on the other side of the Jordan, and their faces are turned in this direction, and fear has seized hold of all the inhabitants of Jericho. And you, are you not afraid? If I say yes, then you'll say I lack faith in Baal to deliver us. But if I say no, then you'll say I'm putting my faith in Jehovah, the God of the sons of Israel. Why then do the men of Jericho fear? They do not exercise faith in the God of Israel. But they're fearful that he's more powerful than Baal. And the inhabitants of the land have become disheartened because of the sons of Israel. And there's no spirit left in them. But you men, don't you too fear? that you may be found in the city when the sons of Israel attack? Tomorrow we'll be gone. And as you say, if the sons of Israel are on the other side of the Jordan River, how can they attack overnight with the waters at flood stage? You do not reckon according to the power of their God, Jehovah. Did he not cause the waters of the Red Sea to rise up so that the entire nation of Israel crossed on dry ground? And when Pharaoh pursued them, did he not cause the waters of the Red Sea to come down upon them and destroy Pharaoh and all his horsemen? Do you believe these reports? I know for a certainty they are true. Do you not fear to tell us these things, seeing that we are strangers to you and your people? I do not fear, for I know that you yourselves are from the sons of Israel. Why do you say that? You came into Jericho as strangers. You come to my house, the house of a harlot, and you seek only bread and wine and a place to lodge. When I serve you wine, you don't drink it. But instead, you ask me many questions about me and my people and about our concern for the Israelites. You have indeed come to spy out the land. What are you saying? What do you mean? Do not be angry with your slave girl, my lords, and let my soul find favor in your eyes. I am not your enemy. I too have faith in the true God, Jehovah. He is a God who promises and who abides by his promises. It has been told to me that many years ago, your God, Jehovah, promised this land to Abraham, your father. Now I believe he intends to give this land to you. This doesn't make me unhappy. Even though I'm a Canaanite, and though I reside in the land, in the city of Jericho, 
Jehovah is a God worthy to be worshipped. But come now, you men are in danger here. If I have come to know that you are Israelites, then for a certainty there must be others in the city who have suspected the same thing, and they are certain to come looking for you. Here is the thing, then. Rahab! Rahab, open the door! Here now, you two. Go out this way and up to the roof. Your voice has the sound of that of Heather. It is. Open up, I say. There you'll find stalks of flax laid in rows. Rahab? Hide there until I can get rid of these men. Go away, Heather. I don't want to see you tonight. They've come to seek you out quickly now. Open up, I say, Rahab. I'm here on business of the king. Let me in at once. Why did you not say so when you arrived, Heather? Instead of banging on my door like some wild man. The door isn't locked. Come in. Bring out the two men that came to you, Rahab, that have come into your house. For it is to search out the land that they've come. And what have I to do with the two men that you say have come into my house? They come and they go. I do not know of what two men you speak. They were not men of Jericho. They were strangers, and they came into your house. Oh, now I know. Yes, the men did come to me, and I do not know from where they were. And it came about at dark that the men went out. I just do not know where the men have gone. Chase after them quickly, for you'll overtake them. Then they must be headed for the fords of the Jordan. Come, we'll chase after them. Arvid, have the men shut the gate immediately after we've gone out. As you say, Heather. Come, you men, you must hurry. The men who came here to seek you have gone out from here, and they've chased out after you in the direction of the Jordan at the fords, and they've shut the gate after them so that no one may come in or go out without their knowing of it. But see now, I do know that Jehovah your God is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. So now, please, swear to me by Jehovah that because I have exercised loving kindness toward you, you also will certainly exercise loving kindness toward the household of my father, and you must give me a trustworthy sign. And you must preserve alive my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters, and all who belong to them, and you must deliver our souls from death. Our very lives we give you as a pledge. Our souls are to die instead of you people. If you will not tell about this matter of ours, it must also occur that when Jehovah gives us the land, we also shall certainly exercise loving kindness and trustworthiness toward you. See now, you must descend through my window by this rope, for it is on the wall of the city that I am dwelling. Go to the mountainous region, that those in pursuit may not come in contact with you. And you must keep hid there three days, until those in pursuit have come back, and afterward you may go in your own direction. We are free from guilt respecting this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Look, we are coming into the land. This cord of scarlet thread you should tie in the window by which you have had us descend. And your father and your mother and your brothers and all the household of your father you should gather to yourself into the house. And it must occur that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house into the open, his blood will be upon his own head, and we shall be free from guilt. And everyone who continues with you in the house, 
His blood will be on our heads if a hand should come upon him. And if you should report this matter of ours, we shall also have become free from guilt respecting this oath of yours. According to your words, so let it be. two men from the sons of Israel came into your house last night. I said nothing about their being men of Israel. But men from the king did come, seeking two spies. And you told them they had left by the city gate and had gone down by the fords of the Jordan. You must have known they were spies from Israel. Heather seemed quite certain of it. He stormed in here last night demanding that I produce two spies. How was I to know from where they had come? Let him chase after them wherever he will. But they were spies. And if the Israelites were to find out how strongly the spirit of dejection has seized upon us, they will certainly come in and destroy us all. What would you have done, Zima? You speak out of a spirit of dejection, Zima. Heather and his men will take care of them. Would that please you, Obel, my brother? They're spies of the sons of Israel. They're our enemies. They even now threaten the city. Then you think the Bale of Jericho is not powerful enough to deliver us? Well, it's true the gods of Sihon and Og were powerful gods too, but they weren't able to stand against Moses. But Moses is dead, and another man now leads the Israelites. Besides, they're still on the other side of the Jordan River. How could they cross over and attack the city? Have you forgotten what their God Jehovah did when he brought the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Forgotten? What you speak of was before you or I were born, Rahab. How do you know it was not just a legend? Father, have you too come to believe that this is just a legend? Have you not told me many times what it was that occurred? Yes, Rahab, my daughter. I have told you many times. You are foolish, Zima, to deny so quickly something that you don't really know anything about. Well, I... An awe-inspiring act of the God of Israel. Tell us about it again, Father. I can never forget the day that frightened Ethiopian came into Jericho and related to us the account of what happened. Forty years ago. He'd been working in the mines in the wilderness of sin was on his way back to Egypt, traveling by moonlight in the cool of the night, when he saw a strange fiery cloud hanging over the Red Sea across from Pihahirath. He started down toward the sea to investigate, when suddenly he saw the waters parting and standing up on both sides. What a sight! At first, he thought the shadows of the moon were making sport of him. But then he realized that this was no mirage, but a miracle was happening before his very eyes. I can't believe that. And then he saw a tremendous host of people with all of their animals and little ones walking on dry land in the midst of the Red Seabed. And the waters were for them a wall on their right hand 
and on their left. A miracle. Then, suddenly, Pharaoh and all his military forces, his war chariots and his cavalrymen, began going in after them into the midst of the sea. So the Ethiopian watched in amazement until he saw the camp of the Egyptians thrown into confusion. The wheels began coming off their chariots so that they were driving them with difficulty. That's disastrous. They turned in panic and started to flee in retreat. When suddenly, it was the approaching of the morning, the surging waters of the sea began to come back down upon them and engulf them. All the while, the Egyptians were fleeing from encountering it, but the entire host of the Egyptians was shaken off into the midst of the sea, and the waters kept coming back. Finally, they covered the war chariots and the cavalrymen belonging to all of Pharaoh's military forces who had gone into the sea. A whole army lost. Not so much as one among them was let remain. What a mighty God! Who can stand against Jehovah? As for the host that had preceded them, they walked on dry land in the midst of the seabed. And the waters were for them a wall on their right hand and on their left. So it was just as the Ethiopian reported seeing it. What a defeat for I that proud nation. I never tire of hearing what about that miracle demonstration of, of power. But father, he could have been frightened. He could have invented much of the story, wandering around in the hot wilderness. Oh, Zima. It's no use, Zima. The story has been repeated by many over and over ever since then. And I do know they are now situated across the Jordan River at Shittim on the plains of Moab. Oh. And their faces are set toward Jericho. Why does this have to happen? Why did these people have to come? Zima, you talk like one of the foolish women. The sons of Israel are here. They're preparing to attack. Their God Jehovah is backing them up, and he is a powerful God. Father, why is it, do you think, that the king of Jericho and his counselors have not considered making a league what? with the sons of Israel? What are you saying, Rahab? You mean not even put up a fight? Jehovah, the God of Israel, is a merciful God, and he's certain to give the sons of Israel victory over us. Rahab! Don't ever say anything like that again. Suppose the people of the city were to hear you. They would certainly come in and take all our lives. But what Rahab says is true, Zima. The men of Jericho are certain to fall before oh. the God of Israel. Father, what would you say if I were to tell you that... That is, suppose it was possible for me to make some provision whereby we might be saved when the Israelites attack. Are you serious, Rahab? What is it you're saying, Rahab? How would such a thing... But if it was possible, would you put your faith and trust in the God of Israel? Hmm. Well, Jehovah is a God worthy of our trust, but... Rahab, 
There's something you're not telling us. You're not one to talk idly. Speak up, Rahab. What is it that you would tell us? I must tell you what it is that has occurred. For a fact, the two men who came in here yesterday were indeed spies what? from the sons spies? of Israel. I know it! Are you sure? Rahab, you're going to get us all into trouble. Now the Quiet, people... Zima. Speak on, Rahab. They came seeking lodging, and I talked to them, and it immediately became apparent to me that they were indeed from the people of Israel. And so it was that when Heather came looking for them, I hid them on Rahab, the roof you among didn't. the stalks of flax until the men had left. Oh! And then I brought them down and made them swear to me that because I had exercised loving kindness toward them, Rahab. that they would exercise loving kindness toward me and toward you, Father, and toward all my brothers and my sisters and everyone that belongs to you. And they swore to me that all of us who would remain in this house would find safety when they oh. would come into the land. Lies! How could they promise that? Hmm, I don't know. How can you be sure that they will keep their word? Our souls are to die instead of you people, is what they said. And this is the sign by which our house will be saved. This scarlet cord is to be left tied to the window. Rahab! And everyone who stays within this house will be saved. But they said that anyone going out of the doors of our house into the open... His blood will be upon his own head, and they would be free from blood guilt. Rahab, do you not know this very scarlet cord Leave will it become alone, a rope Zima. that will hang you? You don't need to remain in the house if you wish to go. But if you do remain, you will do as I say, and you will leave this scarlet cord hanging out the window. Oh! We must guard your secret well, Rahab. But when that time comes, well... We shall see what the God of Israel will do for us at that time. Then you intend to stay here in this house? I do. But what of me? You are my wife. You will remain also. But now we must go quickly and bring the children. And Father, you must urge the rest of your household to come here to my house. For only in this way will we deliver our souls from death. And the two spies proceeded to descend again from the mountainous region and to cross over and come to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they began to relate to him all the things that had happened to them. So it came about. Even as we have reported it to you, my lord Joshua, and this way and that way we spoke to Rahab when she called upon the name of Jehovah, and this way and that way she made us swear to her. Even as you have sworn to Rahab, so may Jehovah hear, and so may he provide a way of escape for her and for all her father's house. Jehovah has given all the land into our hand. Consequently, all the inhabitants of the land have also grown disheartened because of us. Then Joshua got up early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel proceeded to pull away from Shittim and to come as far as the Jordan. And they went spending the night there before they would cross. Then Joshua called the officers to pass through the midst of the camp and to command the people, saying, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah your God and the priests, the Levites carrying it, 
and you yourselves will pull away from your place, and you must follow him. Well, Hotep, we finally reached our destination, and soon Jehovah will reward us with entry into the Promised Land. It's been a long time in coming, Isaiah, but I'm thankful to Jehovah that he's preserved me down to this day. Jehovah always fulfills his promises. You called upon his name in Egypt, and he heard you, even though you were a high official in the court of Pharaoh. And you've been faithful all during our long wilderness journey. Many who left Egypt died on the way. Yes, all the men of war who came out of Egypt who did not listen to the voice of Jehovah. They wouldn't believe Joshua and Caleb when they returned from spying out the land and said Jehovah would give it into our hand. No, they preferred to listen to the ten fearful spies. And Jehovah condemned them to die in the wilderness all those over 20 years of age who had been registered to go out to the army in Israel. Well, I'm an Egyptian, and you're a Levite, so we're not among the registered ones. And we can thank Jehovah for his mercy. It only grieves me that so many showed such a rebellious Asaya, attitude. Asiah, Hotep, look! There are the priests carrying the Ark of Jehovah, going down to the river. We're getting ready to cross, Imna. Stay with Hotep. I must hurry and join your father in the line of march. Can Bethiah come with us too, Hotep? Of course, Imna. Here she comes now with your mother and your grandmother. Bethiah, mother, quick, come here. Look, the priests have stepped right out into the water. How can they swim, carrying the ark? I don't think they're going to swim, Imna. No, Imna. Bethiah said Jehovah told Joshua that they should wade out into the water. And stand. And he said that as soon as the soles of their feet touch the water, the waters of the Jordan will be cut off. The waters descending from above, and they will stand still as one dam. The river's drying up. There's no more water coming from upstream, as far as I can see. And the priests are moving out into the center of the dry riverbed. Come on now, Imna. The people are all moving out after the priests to cross over. Don't get left behind. Hotep, what are those men doing picking up those big stones where the priests are standing and piling them up on the other side of the river? I don't know. Do you, Shifra? No. Asaya didn't say anything about it. Bikri did. Father? Yes, Imna. Your father said Jehovah told Joshua to take a man from each tribe and have them pile up the stones for a sign. Then someday, a long time from now, when little boys like you ask what they mean, their fathers can tell them how we all crossed over the Jordan on dry ground while the water stood up in a heap, just like at the Red Sea. And look, Imna, 12 men are carrying big stones from this side out to where the priests are standing and piling them up there. To show that the priests really did stand still in the middle of the river while the water was all dried up? That's right. Come now, let's hurry. I see Jahath on the other side with your father. And I want to ask him 
if Joshua is going to attack Jericho right away. Are you going to fight too, Hotep? Oh, no, Emna. My fighting days are over. I'm too old. It's up to younger men like Jahath here. May you have peace, Hotep. And may your days in the new land be long and blessed by Jehovah. May they be indeed, Bikrai. And for you too, Jahath. But first, the land must be conquered and subdued. Will Joshua give the command to attack Jericho at once, Jahath? No. Bikrai says we'll camp here a number of days. All the males must first be circumcised. Circumcised? Yes, Hotep. It's a command from Jehovah. But why must they be circumcised, Bikrai? All the people who came out of Egypt were circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness on the road we have not circumcised. Only in this way will Jehovah be able to roll away the reproach of Egypt from off us. And then we must be ready for the 14th of this month. We are to celebrate the Passover for the first time in the Promised Land. But if Joshua circumcises the men now, they will certainly be unable to fight for at least three days. What an opportunity that would be for our enemy to attack the camp. But Jehovah would not permit that to happen. Is that not so, Bikrai? It is, Jahath. The spies who were sent into Jericho reported to Joshua that the men of Canaan were already disheartened because of us. And now, when they learn that Jehovah has dried up the waters of the Jordan from before us, their hearts will indeed melt, and there will be no spiritedness left in them. Jericho is tightly shut up, and there is no one going out and no one entering. Jahath, how does Joshua propose to attack Jericho? The walls are high, and the city's well fortified. Jehovah will show us the way. It is his war. And Joshua looks to Jehovah to give the land into our hand. What a victory it will be! It's been five days since the sons of Israel crossed the Jordan. And now they've camped right outside our gate and are just sitting there. Oh, they're not exactly outside the gate, Zima. But they are within striking distance. True, but there's been little sign of activity in oh. the camp. It's almost as if they were all asleep. Oh. I haven't seen an able-bodied man walking around the camp for over three days. Last evening there was some movement, but it only looked like they were preparing the evening meal. They must just be trying our nerves. There's no spirit in any of those in the city anymore because of the sons of Israel. And because of their God, Jehovah, who parted the waters of the Jordan just as he did the Red Sea. 
It's a sign, a miracle, Zima. Ugh. Surely we can rest our confidence and trust in Jehovah to deliver us. Oh. But not the rest of the city. The gate remains barred up, and the soldiers and even the king are just quaking on the wall. Listen. Rahab, father, look. They're coming. Where? The Israelites Where? are What coming. do you mean they're coming? Oh, are you sure they've left the camp? I knew it would happen. Quick, let me see. There's a well-equipped force moving out of the camp. There are the men blowing horns. They're not soldiers. Those are the priests. Seven of Priests them. of the true God. All blowing on horns. What is that the other priests are carrying on their shoulders, Rahab? I don't know. Why, it must be the Ark of the True God, the Ark of the Covenant, representing Jehovah's but presence. But it's all covered up. True. It's said that no one can look upon the Ark and live. Oh. I've heard it was always in the lead when the Israelites were on the march in the wilderness. It's a sign of the presence of the True God in the camp of Israel. Look, they're turning aside. They're going around the city. Perhaps they'll encircle the city first and then attack from all sides. How can they attack directly against the wall? No, they'd storm the gate or, or select some other vulnerable spot. It's very strange. Here they are, coming around the city from the opposite direction. And those horns continually blowing. Well, might the men of Jericho tremble in fear. Those horns would unnerve anyone. How can you be so calm, Rahab? Zima, my dear, can you not trust in Jehovah? Have faith. He hasn't forgotten us. We can be certain of his protection. Zima, listen to Rahab. Look, they're turning away again. So they are. They're going back toward the camp. You mean they're not going to attack? What do you make of this, Father? I can't say, but it's becoming more certain that they don't plan to attack. At least not now. You mean we must wait longer? It isn't over? Oh, if they don't attack soon, I'll die from sheer fright. We must be patient, Zima. Jehovah has said that he will destroy Jericho, and he will. But in his own due time and in his own way. Be strong, Zima, my dear. For Jehovah is righteous. And he will hear those who call upon his name. Here they come again. Six times they've been around the city today. And this is the seventh day they've marched around the city. Six agonizing days. And now the seventh. And six times they've marched around the city already today. When will they end? Will they never stop? When do they plan to attack? Are they turning back again toward the camp? No, they're continuing around the city. The seventh circuit is beginning. Rahab, have any of the men spoken or looked this way once in all the times they've marched around the city? They say nothing. All the men look straight ahead. Not a word has come out of their mouths since the first day they started to march around the city. Your scarlet cord is there. Why don't they take some note of it? Why should they, Zima? If they were to call attention to it in some way, the men of Jericho might come down on us in order to find out what it is that caught their attention. What do you think, Father? Does this increased activity mean that the end is near? It must. But how can we know? 
Six days the seven priests carrying seven ram's horns before the ark of Jehovah have been walking continually blowing horns. Now the seventh day and a seventh circuit around the city. It must mean something. Soon they'll be completing the circuit for the seventh time. Then what will happen? Who knows? Rahab, do you think the spies have told all the men that they shouldn't come into our house? I'm sure something has been arranged. They gave us a trustworthy sign. Jehovah has promised us, and his servants don't lie. Please, everyone, no matter what happens, don't go outside the house. We don't know what the true God will do in order to take the city, but he's provided this place of safety for us. Let us remain here and trust in Jehovah. They're coming around the city for the seventh time. Do they still march as before? There's no change. They appear strong and determined. Jehovah has certainly put his spirit upon his people. Look, they're not going back to the camp. What are they doing now? It looks like they're stopping. They have stopped. Obel, no, please, don't open the door. But I can't see. Then please, Obel, be patient and wait. I fear if the door is open, someone might run out. They're all facing the city, and look. The priests are before the gate, and the armed men must be nearly surrounding the city. Listen, it's the terrifying war cry of the sons of Israel. Is it thunder? No, it's the walls. They're crumbling. Oh, oh let's get out. We'll die Sit here. Sit down, No, Zima. we're safe here. Jehovah's promise. The west wall must have collapsed. Everything's collapsing. Jehovah's forgotten us. No, Zima. Zima, don't. We'll all be killed. Zima, don't go outside. Oh, Zima. Rahab, you are here? May Jehovah be praised. You did remember us. But come quickly, all of you. You must leave at once. The city is to be burned to the ground. Follow us. We'll take you to a safe place outside the camp of Israel. Come, Father, and all of you. Jehovah does hear those who call upon his name. The entry of the nation of Israel into the promised land and the successful possession of it was assured because it was in fulfillment of a promise of God. So it was when they approached the first walled city, Jericho. At Jehovah's command, the wall began to fall down flat. After that, the people went up into the city, each one straight before him, and captured the city. However, even while this miraculous victory was being accomplished, an act of unfaithfulness was being committed. Achan, here, the last house. Go in quickly. Remember the command of Jehovah. There must be no survivors. 
everything is devoted to destruction. Take nothing as spoil, or you'll bring ostracism on the camp. Only the gold, the silver, the copper, and the iron are to be brought into the treasure of Jehovah. Go quickly. The city is to be burned to the ground. Who's here? Pieces of silver. What a find. Aiken! What can I do with these things? Aiken, are you there? Coming! Quickly! The city's already on fire! Ah, there's an old sack. I'll stuff these things in here. If anyone sees me, I can always say I'm taking them to the temple treasure. I must get out of here. Then Joshua sent out men from Jericho to Ai, about 3,000 men to go up and strike Ai. We will come up to the city quietly, then suddenly show ourselves to them. Our spies report they are few. Our victory should be quick and sure. To the gate, the sword of Jehovah! men of Ai. They've opened the gates. They're pouring out of the city. Like a flood they are. They're coming down the hill at us. We can't stand against them. Turn, Israel. Flee. Save yourselves. Joshua, my lord, the men of Ai, our army, we ran from them. Over 30 men died. Also my own father. Jehovah's people fleeing before their enemies? But why, my lord? What has happened? Why has Jehovah brought us all the way across the Jordan just to give us into the hands of the Amorites? Will they destroy us? Jehovah himself will provide the answer, Heman, my son. Come now, Heman. Tell me exactly what happened. Well, I went up with the 3,000 armed men you sent up to Ai. Of course, since I'm not yet 20, I couldn't serve with my father as Raya. But since he's a captain over 100 men, he allowed me to come along at the rear to serve as a runner. We were very confident because we fully expected Jehovah to fight for us, the way he did at Jericho. As for me, I expected to see the walls of Ai fall flat at any moment. But instead of that, the men of Ai poured out of the gate like a, like a flood. Almost three to one, it looked like, and stopped our army cold right at the gate. I saw my father fall in the first onslaught. I turned and ran. I looked back over my shoulder and saw the whole army in flight. They chased us all the way down the descent to Chevron. I feel awfully sick of my stomach. Brace yourself, my son. 
and go to your mother. She will need your comfort. And you have much more yet to face. I must inquire of Jehovah about the matter. Right now, Zephra, you're sitting over the exact spot in our tent where our first spoils of the land are buried. Will we be getting much more, Father? Just think, all that gold and silver just waiting to be picked up. I wish you could have brought some change of garments for us. These old clothes we've had it since we grew up. It seems to me, too, that you could have brought back more. More? Do you realize the risk I took just to bring these items out of Jericho? How did you get them out, Aiken? I held them close to me in an old sack I found in the house. In all the excitement, no one noticed. Since the city was already on fire, we all ran out, and I came back to the camp and our tent as quickly as I could and buried all the items right there in the ground. We saw you bury them, didn't we, Father? Yes, all of you did. But remember, no one must know what we have taken. If Joshua were to find what out... What would he do, Father? Do you think he would take them away from us? We can take no chances Father. of anything like... Joshua sent men up to Ai, and they were defeated. Defeated? They fled from the enemy. Oh, no! Thirty-six of our men bearing arms died. Aiken, do you think you might be blamed for this? Me? I had nothing it's to do Joshua, with... who's commander of the military Some forces. are blaming Joshua for sending only 3,000. You see? Besides, how can anyone know what I've done? Unless one of you speak of it outside. That's all the more reason. But, Aiken, what can you say if someone was to inquire? No one will inquire about something they know nothing of. You're overly concerned about the matter because you're viewing it wrongly. I took only a fair wage for my part in the destruction of the city. Does not the law itself say you must not muzzle a bull while it is threshing? But we were specifically commanded. By Joshua. It is his saying. Would you have me give the things up, return them no, to Joshua? No, 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 What we have done, we have done. We are agreed. We, yes. are agreed. we have done, we have done anything. When the people of Israel heard of the defeat at Ai, their heart began to melt. At this, Joshua ripped his mantles and fell upon his face to the earth before the Ark of Jehovah until the evening, he and the older men of Israel. Alas, sovereign Lord Jehovah, why did you bring this people all the way across the Jordan? just to give us into the hand of the Amorites for them to destroy us. And if only we had taken it upon ourselves and continued dwelling on the other side of the Jordan. Excuse me, Ojo. What can I say after Israel has turned his back before his enemies? And the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it. And they will certainly surround us and cut our name off from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? 
Get up, you. Why isn't it you are falling upon your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also overstepped my covenant that I laid as a command upon them. And they have stolen and also kept it secret. Get up, sanctify the people, and you must present yourselves in the morning, tribe by tribe. People of Israel, we have sinned against Jehovah and overstepped his commandment. This is what Jehovah has said. Israel has taken some of the thing devoted to destruction, and they have also put it among their own articles. And the sons of Israel will not be able to rise up against their enemies. I shall not prove to be with you again unless you annihilate the thing that is devoted to destruction out of your midst. So has Jehovah spoken. And this is why we have fallen before the sons of Ai. This is what Jehovah has commanded. Separate yourselves by tribes, by families, by households, until the able-bodied man who is guilty is found. Let the tribe of Judah stand alone nearby. Let the family of Zerah Stand alone, nearby. Let the household of Achan stand alone, nearby. Achan, stand before Jehovah your God. My son, render please. Glory to Jehovah, the God of Israel, and make confession to him. And tell me, please, what have you done? Do not hide it from me. For a fact, I have sinned against Jehovah, the God of Israel. When I got to see among the spoil an official garment from Shinar, a good-looking one, and 200 shekels of silver, and one gold bar weighing 50 shekels, then I wanted them, and I took them. They're hidden in the earth in the middle of my tent with the money underneath it. Jahath, take Hobab and go to the tent of Achan and bring to me these items. Uncle Achan. Achan. How could you? Why would you do this thing? Didn't you know that everything captured in Jericho was devoted to destruction? Yes. All the silver and the gold, the articles of copper and iron were holy to Jehovah and were to be brought into the treasure of Jehovah. I knew that. Well, didn't you know you were stealing? Did you think you could hide this deed from God? I saw only the garment and, and the money. Out of all the wealth of Jericho, it was such a small amount. Why should it be missed? Here are the items you sent for, my lord. We found them just where it was stated. 
Are these the garment and the gold and the money that were devoted to Jehovah that you took for yourself? Yes. Then you must die for this disgraceful folly that you have committed. Joshua, my lord, must I lose my husband and now my own brother Achan at the same time? Must Achan die for the sin to be removed from Israel? You have not yet come to know Jehovah, but I my daughter. God is not a man that you can hide from him, nor is he one to be mocked. Achan's sin is all Israel's sin. And if this unfaithfulness is to be removed from Israel, then all Israel must rise up as one man and remove the transgressor and everything that is his from the midst of Israel. Do not let your eye feel sorry. Do not feel any compassion. To follow him in this disgraceful folly is to rebel against Jehovah and the just and righteous condemnation upon this man. Now, go back to your son, my daughter. Let him bear the name of his father in honor. Please, Zifra, would you also rebel against Jehovah? It's only the word of Joshua. Is what Achan did cause for a man to die? Over 30 men have already died for it. Even my own husband. I know how you feel. Achan is my brother. But it was against the command of Jehovah that he did it. Forsake your brother, if you will. We stay with him. But the children, must they die? We stand with our father. Achan, why have you brought ostracism upon us? Jehovah will bring ostracism upon you on this day. For Jehovah has decreed that the one picked with the thing devoted to destruction will be pelted with stones, he and all that belongs to him, until they are dead. And they will be burned with fire. Take him and those who are his to the low plain. And do not let one man in Israel hold back his hand from executing Jehovah's judgment. In order that Jehovah's name may be cleared of this disgraceful folly that has been committed. With that, all Israel went pelting him with stones, after which they burned them with fire. This Jehovah turned away from his hot anger. Jehovah then said to Joshua, Joshua, do not be afraid or be terrified. Take with you all the people of war and get up. Go up to Ai. Over that hill lies Ai. And Jehovah has said, See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And you must do to Ai and its king just as you did to Jericho and its king. Only you people may plunder its spoil and its domestic animals for yourselves, 
You mean we are to march around the city with the ram's horns again? No. This time, Jehovah has said, set an ambush an of yours ambush? against the city at its rear. How is this to be done? See, you and you and your 5,000 men are lying in ambush against the city to the rear of the city. Do not go very far away from the city. And you must all of you hold yourselves in readiness. As for me, and you two, and your thousands, all the people who are with me, we shall go close to the city. And it must occur that in case they should come out to meet us, just as at the first, we must then flee before them. And they must come out after us until we've drawn them away from the city. Then you, when Jehovah himself gives the signal, you will rise up from the ambush, and you must take possession of the city and set it on fire. It is from Jehovah. They will say we are fleeing just as at the first. Ai will certainly fall into our hands this time. Jehovah is again fighting for Israel. Go now and take your positions. Do not be afraid or terrified. The victory belongs to Jehovah. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning and went up. As soon as the king of Ai saw it, he and all his people went out to meet Israel in battle. Then Joshua and all Israel took to flight. At that, all the people who were in the city were called out to chase after them. They flee as at the first. Israel turns their backs to us. After them, men of Ai. We've got to be drawn away from the city. Jehovah now said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai. For into your hand I shall give it. Accordingly, Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. And the ambush rose up quickly from its place, and they began to run at the instant that he stretched out his hand. And they proceeded to enter the city and capture it. Then they hurried and set the city on fire. And the men of Ai began to turn back and look, and there the smoke of the city ascended to the heavens. Look, the city! It's on fire! And there proved to be no ability in them to this way and Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had captured the city and that the smoke of the city ascended and so they turned around and went striking the men of Ai down these others came out of the city to meet them so that they got to be in between Israel these on this side and those on that and they went striking them down until there did not remain of them either a survivor or an escape. And the king of Ai they caught alive. Joshua hanged him upon a stake until the evening. It was then that Joshua proceeded to build an altar to Jehovah the God of Israel. And they went offering up burnt offerings upon it. And it came about that as soon as all the kings who were on the side of the Jordan in the mountainous region and in the Shephelah heard of it, they began to assemble themselves all together to make war against Joshua and Israel. 
and the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai. I never paid such a price. What can you do? I bought all I could afford. I'm almost sold out. So few have brought produce in, and everybody's buying. May Astarte bless you. Buy a goddess for your wife. Astarte will bring children to your home. May you have peace in Loma. Ah, yes. Peace indeed. And Lil, I warn you most emphatically, don't think you can hide from me what's going on. I have ears everywhere. Continue this course of utter folly. Randam, and the gods brother, will certainly The hour is advanced. I cannot talk. There are people waiting. You'll see. Is this city going mad? You'll regret this foolishness. Peace, my lord Anlil. Thank you, Enzidic. The others are already in the council chamber. Hmm. Welcome to Gibeon, my brothers. It's a pleasure to meet with you as representatives from our neighboring Kephira, Beeroth, and Kiriath Jerum, and our brother from more distant Mizpah. Peace, my brother. It's good to be here. Brothers, we meet here today in a time of great urgency, extreme crisis. As you well know, beyond the hills toward the rising sun are encamped the sons of Israel. They are but a day's march away. Tomorrow, they could be at our gates. Even as we speak, the seven Canaanite nations are forming a massive coalition to fight against them. I've just come from a council of the elders of Gibeon. We've discussed the issue at length and have arrived at a decision. They've asked me to inform you of the course we are determined to take. You are our brothers in the Hivite peoples. It's right that you should hear what we have to tell you. Then you may discuss the matter with your kings and elders so that you may join with us if that be your resolve. Enlil, you talk in circles. There is only one choice. We join the Canaanite coalition. hear me out, sly of my brother. We respect the wisdom of our brothers from Mizpah. But first, I would have General Ziba give you his report. Ziba? Good, Enlil. We will hear we from General Ziba. welcome his report. Enzidek, have General Ziba come in. Yes, my lord. General Ziba, you know all of our brothers here. Yes, Ziba. General, Ziba. General Ziba. Please. Review the military situation for them. I'll try to be clear and to the point. We estimate the force of the mighty men of Israel at over half a million. They are fierce and strong. So are our mighty men. Their generals are clever, though not as skilled in warfare as are we of Canaan. The sons of Israel have sword and spear, as do we. But we have chariots. They do not. We have fortified cities. They dwell in tents. We know the land. They are strangers. Militarily, in every way, we are superior. You see, Enlil, we lose precious time. 
Even your General Zybler argues in favor of supporting the Canaanite League. Slyub. I would not have words put in my mouth, Slyub. I spoke nothing of the Canaanite coalition. How would you speak then, General? I would speak facts, and I have. Savage fighting is not new to us. The fierce winds of war have swept our land before. But our encounter with Israel is unique. They are a powerful enemy, one like we have never faced before. It is no longer a question merely of military superiority. What is it then, Zyba? Consider what has happened. Og and Sihon, powerful Amorite kings, were defeated. The entire nation crossed the Jordan at flood season, and the waters somehow halted, permitting them to cross dry shod. Jericho's great walls fell flat before them, without one Israelite hand laid upon them, and the city was annihilated. Ai too, without a survivor. These are facts, Slyab. And years ago, Moses defied Pharaoh of Egypt and his gods in the name of the Israelite god, Jehovah. Jehovah, Jehovah. Don't say that name to me again. Who is Jehovah? And who are the gods of Egypt? Take care, Slav. Are not the gods of Those Canaan. were the words of Pharaoh who died in the Red Sea. Ah. The facts are that Ai, Jericho, the Jordan River, Sihon, Og, the desert wilderness, the Red Sea, the might of Egypt, could neither halt nor subdue these people. But that's not all. You mean there's more? The worst, Slyab. A sickening dread has filled the land. The heart of the people has become agitated with pains like those of childbirth because of Joshua and the sons of Israel. There is no spirit in them to fight. Without this spirit, we are defenseless. These are the facts. The decision is yours. If there is nothing further, Enlil, I will await the orders of the Council. Thank you, General Saiba. Thank you. You have spoken well. Enlil, my brother, you spoke of a decision reached by the elders of Gibeon. Please tell us what it is. The Council of Elders in Gibeon have concluded that the dilemma we face is not a question of military might. The evidence is clear. A God of awesome might and superiority is leading Joshua and the sons of Israel. None have stood before them. We believe none will. We've concluded it is futile to fight them. Enough! We've decided on a treaty of peace with Israel. The alternative is the sword. Think twice, Enlil, or you face the rage of the kings of Canaan. Right now we are facing the rage of Joshua and his god Jehovah. Uh, what about that, Enlil? We've heard that the god Jehovah has told Joshua that he intends to completely destroy our people and to give our land to the Israelites. What makes you think he will conclude a covenant with us? We've carefully considered that question. We must act discreetly. 
we'll tell Joshua we are from a far country, that we want to serve the God of Israel. We'll conclude a covenant of peace with Joshua and make him swear by his God, Jehovah. He'll honor that agreement. But when he finds out that we've acted with deception, their God, Jehovah, is a righteous God. He's determined to rid the land of the people of Canaan because of the depravity and bloodshed in our land. He acted even against his own people on the plains of Moab when they became as depraved as our people. If we renounce these practices and call upon his name in sincerity, even though we must act with guile, it will be done in peace and without harm to Israel because we will become as one with you them. You speak like madmen. A treaty with Israel? Insanity. They will surely kill you. And if Joshua does not, then look out, Enlil. The kings of Canaan will. Are you prepared to withstand the rage of the entire Canaanite coalition? I say fight these invaders. It is our only hope. I will have no share with you and your father. What do you say, Enlil? Will we not be viewed as traitors, seditionists? We've considered it carefully. There is no option. It's either the kings of Canaan or Joshua and his God, Jehovah. But what can the Canaanites offer us compared to the promises of Jehovah to his people? Our trust is in Jehovah. We are confident Jehovah will rescue us. You speak well, Enlil. The elders of Gibeon are wise and discreet men. We too would seek Jehovah's favor and enjoy his protective care. We will go with you to Joshua. So the inhabitants of Gibeon, even of their own accord, acted with shrewdness and went to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal. Where are you men from? It's from a distant land that we've come. And now, please, conclude a covenant with us. Perhaps it's in our vicinity that you're dwelling. So how could we conclude a covenant with you? We are your servants. It's from a very distant land that we've come. In regard to the name of Jehovah your God. Because we've heard of his fame and of all that he did. See... This bread of ours, it was hot when we took it as our provisions on the day of our going out to come here. And now look, it's dry and has become crummy. And these are the wineskin bottles that we filled new, and look, they've burst. And these garments and sandals of ours, they have worn out because of the great length of the journey. And Joshua went making peace with them and concluding a covenant with them to let them live. And so the chieftains of the assembly swore to them. And it came about that at the end of three days they got to hear that they were near to them and it was in their vicinity that they were dwelling. 
Joshua now called them and spoke to them, saying, Why did you trick us, saying, We are very far away from you, whereas you're dwelling in our very midst? And now you are a cursed people, and a slave's position, and being gatherers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God will never be cut off from you. It was because your servants were plainly told that Jehovah your God had commanded Moses his servant to give you all the land and to annihilate all the inhabitants of the land from before you. And we became very much afraid for our souls because of you. So we did this thing. And now, here we are in your hand just as it is good and right in your eyes to do to us, do. And Joshua proceeded to do so to them, and they did not kill them. And it came about that Adonai Zedek, the king of Jerusalem, became very much afraid and sent to the kings of Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us strike Gibeon because it has made peace with Joshua and the sons of Israel. At this they gathered together and went on up, the five kings of the Amorites, and they proceeded to camp against Gibeon and to war against it. Upon that the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua, saying, Come up to us quickly, and do save us and help us. So Joshua went up, and Jehovah said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, for into your hand I have given them. Not a man of them will stand against you. And Joshua proceeded to come against them by surprise. All night long he had gone up from Gilgal. And Jehovah went throwing them into confusion before Israel, and they began to slay them with a great slaughter came about while they were fleeing before Israel, Jehovah hurled great stones from the heavens upon them, so that there were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. It was then that Joshua proceeded to speak to Jehovah. Son, be motionless over Gibeon and moon over the low plain of Agilon. Accordingly, the sun kept motionless, and the moon did stand still until a nation could take vengeance on its enemies. And no day has proved to be like that one, either before it or after it, in that Jehovah listened to the voice of a man. For Jehovah himself was fighting for Israel. Joshua proceeded to strike all the land and every soul that was in it with the edge of the sword, devoting them to destruction. Only the Hivite peoples of Gibeon and Rahab and her father's house of Jericho were spared, because Jehovah heard their cry to him for escape. So Joshua took all the land according to all that Jehovah had promised Moses, Joshua then gave it as an inheritance to Israel by their shares, according to their tribes. And the land had no disturbance from war.
the enemies of Jehovah God had been destroyed. But Jehovah had proved that he does listen, and he hears all those who call upon his name. 